Hey guys, yeah, I'm doing this before work. I've got about, I think, 40 minutes to go, but I want to welcome you to the 134th edition of the Animated Girls Profile Confidential. And this is a very special one because, you know, I, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Diego Diaz on, on Twitter. Um, he basically is the one that kind of got me, you know, to. You know, kind of think about doing this, you know, for, you know, an edition of the Animated Girls Profile Confidential because, you know, he he likes to place videos and, and screen grabs or screenshots, if you will, from various obscure animations uh, from across the globe. Uh, mostly like the UK, Canada, and so on. And, you know... Lately, over the past several months, he's been doing exactly that, which shows like the mysteries of Providence or Provence, I believe. Uh, uh, Geronimo O. Stilton and uh, Skippy in Adventures in Bushtown, and even the I think the early to mid 80s edition of the Adventures of Blinky Bill. And the reason he's doing this is to kind of give, not just, you know, I guess you could say a spotlight to these obscure cartoons from, you know, like I said, the mid to early 80s and up to the early to mid 2000s. But one of the more primary focal points that he puts a spotlight on is the female characters. Female characters that, well, honestly, had they been more well-renowned outside of the country of origin where the show um, airs, that probably more than definitely they'd get a huge fan base behind them. Because we all know that uh, depending on how an anthropomorphic uh, fur furry girl um, is um, drawn and designed and even given you know a certain personality, that they will either, if not most times, gain a cult following. They will gain a fan base behind them. You know, they will gain people as fans that will probably cosplay as them um, at certain conventions, or at least attempt to. And he has definitely done just that. But who are the characters he's focusing on? Well, let me, let me talk about them. You know, let me talk about them. Give them their own spotlight here. The first one that really came to my notice from Diego Diaz's uh, Twitter was Kate from the Mysteries of Providence. And she's basically, from what I could tell, sort of like an apprentice. Sort of a, you know, an apprentice, an associate of the main character. Yes, she's the main character herself. Um... And the way she comes off, basically, from what I understand, is very strong will. Like, she's willing to help people, you know, or help others. She's got a kind heart and everything. And she always, I guess, tries to find good in people. But she's also, like I said, very strong will. And it does seem like there are moments she will have disagreements with our main character. Uh, basically, the person she's apprenticing under. Um, but besides that, you know... Nothing really much more for me to go off of. The only thing that Diego ever puts out, Diego Diaz puts out, is that her design is, very, is rather cute and adorable. You know, the way she smiles and everything kind of gives the bedroom eyes a little bit when she's shy or, you know, been given a compliment or something. 
you know, or she maybe she's attracted to somebody, who knows. Uh, but he looks at her design as being very cute and adorable, and, and I do agree with that. I do agree with that, because if there's one thing a lot of animators have done throughout these past 40, 50 years when it comes to anthropomorphic females, is they always find a way to give them a design that makes them, as I've talked about before, and others have touched upon, the eye candy of the show, with its straight-out femme fatale look, a hybrid of femme fatale, cute and adorable, or in case... Uh, case according to Diego, uh, cute and adorable. But yeah, I look at her design, you know, I look at her design and I look at a character that honestly I believe had she gotten more exposure uh, when the series came out, which from what I understand is like the early to mid 2000s, I think she would have definitely gained a cult following. I think her cult following may have been or may could have been, or may have could have been, is what I'm trying to say, may have been um, a lot similar, in my opinion, to, let's say, Sally, in my opinion. I think she would have definitely had that, that vibe to where she would get the Sally treatment of support from fans and everything, wanting to see more of her. You know, that is if she had been focused, you know, along with the show outside of its country of origin, which I understand is like France and the UK and, and whatnot. So, so yeah, you know, I, I truly think that, you know, based on her, based on the personality, obviously from what I understand they gave her, her design, that I think, yeah, she, not only would she have a lot of fans supporting her and want to see more of her, but it probably would be on the levels almost of the Sally fan base wanted to see more of Sally and stuff. I think there's also kind of like a, an episode where there's a running gag in it, or it's a running gag in the series, where you have these group of uh, characters, and one of them's attracted to Kate, and he's trying to, you know, make him make her his, his girlfriend or something. I don't know. And she's like, oh, screw this, you know, screw you, <laughs> you know, not literally, but screw you, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not taking part in this. So... So basically, he's kind of like, I guess you could say, the Pepe Le Pew in this episode, this one character that I don't think we see afterwards. But he's kind of put in those similar veins, if you will. He's basically put in those similar veins of being that kind of a character. But Kate's not the but Kate from the Mysteries of Providence isn't the only character that Diego Diaz has put spotlight on and tried to get more attention on as far as the show goes, as far as the show that's associated with. Another character from a show that made its debut across the, across the pond is Jeremiah, I think it's Geronimo or Geronimo uh, Stilton. It's based on a series of books uh, where we have a mouth, an anthropomorphic mouse, sort of as a detective or something like that. He, him and his family are detectives. And he has basically two, I would assume, siblings at least, or two friends and all that. One is a young nine, nine, nine-year-old in the books that the, you know the series is based on. Twelve years old um, in the in the cartoon called Benjamin. It's kind of like an apprentice. And then he has, I'm assuming, his sister, their sister, uh, Thea Stilton. And Thea um, is looked at in the same veins as Kate was, um, you know, from Mysteries of Providence. She's kind of looked at as. Being cute, her design being cute and adorable, and willing to help out whenever is it's needed. Um, 
I can't say much more about Thea than what I've known, than what I've heard. Uh, but she is willing to help out. She does have dreams to, you know, get out and do more. But she does put her family first and does put, you know, the business along with the family of like solving mysteries and all that first um, as well. Um, she does have a design that, like I said, is cute and adorable. But also, as I mentioned previously, it's, a it's sort of a hybrid of femme fatale, you know, cute and adorable, to where you could see the cuteness and adorableness of the, of the character design for her, um, you know, right off the bat. But you could also see by certain, you know, by certain uh, design points on the character, like certain design features, there's a bit of um, femme fatale-ness in there. You could definitely see that. So she's kind of a she's kind of a hybrid, somewhat. Where it's more, I would say, seventy five percent cute and adorable design, while twenty five the other twenty five is more based along based along certain, um, I guess you could say, uh, you know, certain uh, pinpoints here and there, certain you know details here and there that you know you have to notice. But yeah, you know, I, I agree, she, her character design is cute and adorable. And just like with Kate, I think if the show was given more of exposure outside of its, you know, country of origin, um, I truly believe she would probably get a cult following too. I think, honestly, she would get a cult following that is, I wouldn't say similar to Sally, but I see more along the lines of a... I would, I'd say more along the lines of a uh, sorry, sorry about that. That was a truck there. I don't know. I don't know why people like to do that when you're trying to record something. It's like they're trying to be annoying or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, like I said, you know, I believe that she, you know, been given an opportunity to shine more outside, you know, of the country of origin of the show. That I truly believe she would have got a, a fan base following, a cult following, maybe uh, not similar to Sally's you know, to where I think Kate would be almost. But I think similar to, I would say, Gadget. You know, another famous female mouse and everything. Like I said, I think she would have that kind of a following. Very similar to Gadget, in a way. Another famous female mouse from, of course, Disney's Rescue Rangers. I think she would have that kind of uh, support. Um, had uh, the, Gemma, Ger what is it, Geronimo or Geronimo uh, Stilton show um, come out. Um, a lot, a lot more uh, than it did. Basically, get past its country of origin and everything. But she's not the only one either. There's another character in this series. In fact, there's several characters, but there's one particular that has basically an identifiable, similar design, if not the same design, with a few uh, different features. And then this character, I think her name is. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, Titania, Titalia Squeak, Titalia Squeak or something. So her design is very identical to um, Thea's, you know, and everything, uh, except the fact that she has red hair and everything, and she's a reporter. So, yes, yeah, and apparently she's been in the books too and all that. Um, I don't know if she's supposed to be the girlfriend of Geronimo or Geronimone or something. I don't know. Um... But yeah, you know, she has a similar design and everything. And I think she only appeared in one or two episodes, from what I understand. More so, less than I think in the book, where she would appear more so. 
but yeah, she appears like in one or two episodes. And there is a, a GIF, a JIF floating about, if you will, uh, to where she, um, I think it's at the end of an episode where she kisses both Jermone and Benjamin. And, you know, she kisses, <laughs> when she kisses Benjamin, you know, she gives him like a deep kiss and everything on the, on the side of his head, basically not on the lips or anything, but, you know, like a deep, passionate kiss on the side of his head, and like on his cheek area. And the moment she, she, you know, is done kissing him and everything or giving him that kiss, uh, she, you can see that Benjamin has these hearts coming out of, uh, you know, coming, you know, floating above him and everything. Like, you know, he gets this expression of, you know, oh, yeah, you know, this, this is my girl. This is my dream girl that I'm going to be with. Like, he, like, he's basically fallen for her now more so than ever because he's gotten this kiss from her. And then she ends up kissing Genomone, who tries to avoid it at first, but then she gets him with the kiss and everything. And it's like, whew, you know, it, it's almost like... It's almost like when they put those scenes in, those moments into these, into that episode at the end, it's almost like they knew, you know, what they were doing exact, exactly. It's like they, they knew what they were doing, you know, the, the producers and the, the writers and, and all that. They knew what they were doing with that scene. Um, and you could definitely tell that, you know, just like with Thea and everything, who's designed, like I said, is 75% cute and adorable and 25% Femme Patel and everything that, you know, she's the eye candy of the show. You could definitely tell that they were thinking the same thing, even with the one appearance or double appearance by, uh, by, by Squeak herself, by Tila, like I said, what's her name? Uh, Tinyan, uh, Tala Squeak. You know, I think they pretty much were thinking the same thing, just, you know, probably more Femme Patel than anything, just the way, you know, it's the way, you know, you have Benjamin, React from being kissed and all that, and you know, and everything. So, yeah, I think they were. I think had you know the show continued for a little longer, and she made more appearances outside of the books, from what I understand, um, I I can guarantee you she she along with Thea would have been the eye candy, probably her more than Thea, but because she only appeared like once or twice, that eye candy um, trope fell upon Thea because you know, you know, because of the way she's designed and everything. But these characters are not the only ones um, as well. In fact, there's another character uh, that, I, that I have to look up. And the other character in there, she has a different design. You can kind of tell it's patterned after... It's more of a female version that's patterned after Geronimo, or Geronimo's, if you will, Geronimo Stilton's. And her name is Miss... It's Miss. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. You gotta, I guess, basically relate it to cheese in some kind of way. But her name is Miss Deli Slice. Yeah, that's what it is. And she's Benjamin's uh, teacher, who apparently is very kind to him. And you could tell just by her design that they were going with the eye candy kind of thing too. They were going with that eye candy-like look um, as well. You know, they were going with the eye candy-like, you know, look for her as well. So, yeah, this show here definitely had a lot of characters that lean more towards the femme fatale portion of the designs and everything. And the personalities, you know, being the kind-hearted ones. Um, and, and again, with the last two I spoke of, you know, this one, you know, Hugh at Miss Deli Slice. And then uh, Tatala, uh, 
uh, Tetelia, a squeak, or whatever her name is, the reporter girl, you could tell they were leaning more towards Femme Fatale eye candy, more so than with Thea. Uh, because with Thea, she was like, a, like I mentioned, she was more 75% uh, adorable, cute design, and 25% with certain details uh, in her features, 25% uh, Femme Fatale. But that's not the only show that you know, really got anthropomorphic females to be like the eye candy, you know, of those shows and basically also fall in line with the obscureness, if you will. We have uh, a one that just popped up, you know, like about a week ago called Miss Janet. And she's a female anthropomorphic crocodile who is kind of like, who's basically, you know, she's a, you know, she's a double agent, essentially. You know, she's a double agent. She works sort of like, I guess, as a secretary for um, her, her father, her uncle, who's like, you know, the the higher up of a secret age, secret spy organization where these three brothers are a part of. And, you know, when she, and basically I guess her thing is when she knows uh, she needs to go out there and help people, she will go out and help and change herself into the Miss Janet uh, persona, which again kind of falls, uh, you know, falls under a category which I think, you know, a trope in a category which I think a lot of people are not really fans of, and that is the whole, okay. Sorry about that, but like I said, it's um, it falls under the trope when she changes her looks and everything to become her secret agent persona, Miss Janet. It kind of follows under that trope where, yeah, she disguises her enough, disguises herself enough, I should say, so that nobody would recognize her. But you would think maybe one of the brothers would probably figure it out. And I don't know if they did. I don't know if maybe they did find out. Oh, wait a minute, you're the, you're your uncle's uh, uh, secretary or whatever. You're you're the assistant, if you will, to the to the doc. You know. So I I don't, I don't know if they would did something to figure that out or anything. But, um, yeah, she, her, her design does fall under, I think, more of the adorable, cute design, more so than anything. I mean, there is some femme fatalness to it, but not much. Like, it's like 5% minuscule, and it's more of a cute, adorable design of, you know, you know that she you know, adopts and everything when she becomes, you know, her secret agent self. You know, so there's that character. Again, it's another show that... I can guarantee, had it been given an opportunity across the pond here in the states and all that, she'd probably get a fan base following. I don't, I don't have no doubt about that. But this show is not the only show that's had that. It had that as well. In fact, we've had a couple of shows that actually did make it across the pond, on or even debuted here, um, that have characters that fall under the femme fatale category just by the designs, the eye candy femme fatale categories uh, and everything, you know, more so than ador adorable and cute. Another character that you can actually catch up on and, and watch episodes featuring her in is Matilda from Skippy and the Adventures in Bushtown, which is based on another uh, show from uh, back, back in the 50s and 60s or something like that. So yeah, she is. She's actually given. If when you look at her here, uh, definitely given the more, 
uh, femme fatale-like uh, treatment. Yeah, there's a bit of the cute and adorableness in her, but just by her design, mainly her main design here, it's like, yeah, you know, the designers behind this show, Skippy, um, they, they knew what they were doing. They, they knew exactly what they were doing when it came to this character's design. They knew, hey, she's going to be the eye candy of the show, and that's exactly what she's become. She's become the eye candy of, you know, of the, of the show, basically, from what I can tell. And I don't think you can blame anybody for even viewing her that way. Um, out, you know, you know, else, you know, outside of you know what we see and everything. So I don't think any you can really, honestly, blame anybody for viewing her that way because that's how she's designed. And obviously, with this kind of a design, she's bound to be the love interest, the girlfriend of the main character, Skippy, which she is. And believe it or not, she's a, she falls under the category of April O'Neil. Well, under the April O'Neil category, she's a reporter. A reporter with a femme fatale look. I mean, go figure. Go figure, right? But she's not the only one. And I got one more. This last one, I think her name is Daisy. I'm not really sure. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But she is one of the wallaboos, or wallabies, if you will, one of the wallabies in The Adventures of Blinky Bill. And she's basically looked at as the femme patel, the eye candy of the group. Uh, because basically she kind of falls in that category of, you know, she has a kind heart, but, you know, most times, she only, most times her main focus is, you know, how good she looks and everything. And, you know, if she gets a chance to be a star... You know, she kind of falls into that protagonist category of, she, you know, like I said, she has a good heart. You know, she's kind to others. You know, she'll speak her mind when she has to. But if she gets an opportunity to shine, you know, and let her femme fatality, her looks, you know, shine through and all that, um, she will do it. <laughs> you know, she will do it. But I think, she's, I think she's basically set up as the kind of character that will learn from her mistakes and, you know, help others when they're needed. But yeah, you can tell just by her design, more so than any of the other characters in the show, female-wise, adult female-wise, she's definitely the eye candy, the femme fatale, more so design-wise, um, when it comes to the characters. I mean, I mean, there's even a, a scene where she kisses uh, Blinky on the cheek, eek and everything, and he, you know, of course, just like Benjamin um, that I mentioned earlier, you know, gets the heart, gets his eyes, his eyes turned into hearts and everything, because he's basically, oh my gosh, you know, she gives me like, oh my gosh, the girl, the girl I have a crush on, did, you know, did the thing, you know, actually gave me affection kind of deal. So, yeah, she, she's in that category too, where she has a good heart and everything, and um, you know, but she's more like, you know, she's more like, um, she's kind of like, I hate to say this about my fave, she's kind of like, almost similar to a rarity, like she has a good heart, generous and all that. But there are things about her that, you know, you feel like, hey, they shouldn't have put this in there, even if the character has a femme fatale look. But, yeah, she is a decent character. And overall, that's really about it for these obscure, anthropomorphic, furry females, if you will. Um, here on the 134th edition of the Anime Girls Profile Confidential. Let me know what your thoughts are about all of this down below in the comment section, guys. I gotta get into work. And until next time... Um, I will talk to you all later, and you may get an audio podcast ver version of this at BW Roses Discussions Podcast and all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. 
Take care. Peace out.